The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hi, Krishna, everyone. You are listening to the Late Morning Program with Nam Ras. Uh, this is your host, Nam Ras. I am here with a very interesting guest, uh, Jeffrey Giuliano, also known as Jagannath Das. Uh, so a little bit of background, um, Lucian Wong or Lalita Madhava Prabhu messaged me and said, hey, Nam, do you watch Squid Game? Did you watch Squid Game? And I said, yeah. He said, one of the cast members is a Hare Krishna devotee. And I said, I almost fell off my chair. I said, what are you talking about? He said, yes. And then he put me in contact with uh, Jagannath Das uh, Prabhu. And uh, here we are doing this interview. Prabhu, thank you so much for joining me. Hare Krishna Prabhu, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, Jai. So Prabhu, please tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came in contact with devotees. And uh, we'll, let's start there. The first rock concert my mother ever allowed me to go to was something called the Rock and Roll Express that was rock stars on a train, Janis Joplin, The Doors, all these kind of people, Grateful Dead. And this was 1971 in Toronto at um, CNE uh, Stadium. And my mother <laughs> dropped me off. We lived in Buffalo. And I, um, uh, I look, I, I saw, I, I took some LSD. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I took some very strong potent LSD. And when I was tripping, I looked over and I saw some guys in a dress, like three guys or four guys in an orange dress with their head shaved. And I said to my buddy, man, I think those guys must have gotten a hold of some of the same acid, freaked out, shaved their head and put on women's clothes. That's right. what I thought. <laughs> and, um, so I walked over and they handed me a, a book, which I had for years and years called Who is Crazy and the Reservoir of Pleasure. And it said on there, chant Hare Krishna and your life will be sublime. So I took it home and I lived in a kind of rural area on the banks of Lake Ontario. I was a hippie, obviously. And so I, I started chanting Hare Krishna and I just chanted it all the time, day and night for months and months and then i had some sort of spiritual experiences realizations symptoms of ecstasy you know which are described in the nectar of devotion and so forth and um, not cities or anything just some a taste of krishna and there was a buffalo iskon and i used to hitchhike up there and i used to go to the sunday feast and ultimately i had a girlfriend and we went with her and so we were very involved with the buffalo temple and merle krishna prabhu and all, uh, all those guys. Um, who, who's the president of Vrindavan now? What's his name? Panchagoda. Yeah, Panchagoda was around. Really? Everybody. Yeah, Rupanuga was around. Oh wow. Kirtananda uh, was around. Everybody. You know, it was that was the day? Uh, uh, who's the guy that's been changing the books? What's his name? Uh, Jaidwaita Maharaj. Yeah, Jaidwaita was there. Everybody. So, um, yeah, I. I never shaved my head though because I was very proud of my long hair. Mm. You know, it took a long, it's a big deal to have long, very long hair, you know. Right. And I didn't want to shave. But anyway, so I was quite interested in Krishna consciousness and um, 
what happened? Well, I just practiced off and on, but I was always in university to be an actor. Always since I was a little boy, it was my goal to be a movie star. You know, now I just want to be an actor. Apparently, this movie star thing has been thrust upon me because of Squid Game. But I, in fact, uh, I, in fact, uh, met Srila Prabhupada, which is a very interesting story. Very interesting story. I'm going to turn off my phone. Turn off my phone here. Let me get that sure, sure. off. So I was practicing Krishna consciousness, but I had a girlfriend and I probably smoked some pot. And you know, I wasn't very serious sadhana. But I was in London with my girlfriend. We went for the summer uh, to play Happy Hippie. And I went to Bury Place Temple in 73. And they said, Prabhupada's coming tomorrow. And I said, what? Because I'd always been there the day after he left. Whenever I went, oh, he just left, you know? So I said, Prabhupada's coming tomorrow. So I, they said, okay, well, Juggernaut, or Jeffrey, because I was Jeffrey then. We've got to give you a job. Well, what can you do? Let's see. Uh, all right, I know. We're going to get, we got a big basket of flat rose petals here. And when Prabhupada, like, walks into the door, you turn it over and drop the petals so they'll fall down upon Sheila Prabhupada. Okay, I'll do that. So I went up there. I was all ready. I had the basket. The window was open. I'm ready to go. The car pulls up as soon as I saw Srila Prabhupada. I forgot about that basket. <laughs> And down the stairs, I elbowed my way through all the sannyasis, and I got right up to Prabhupada, and this is what I said. It's not cool, but this is what I said. Oh, Srila Prabhupada, I'm so happy to meet you. Oh, Hare Krishna, Mahal, please accept my humble obeisances. Listen, I, I want to be your devotee. I, I love your books. And he just kind of went like this. Didn't say too much and walked on. And then suddenly all these sannyasis, you know, sort of, close the circle around him and they all went up this sort of as i remember quite a narrow staircase in bury place and I, it was every step had about 10 people on it wow so i knew that i could oh, i blew it i'm just a stupid hippie and i had Srila prop i didn't act properly no vaishnava etiquette i'm just oh I, you know that was my chance and i just Got too excited and it, oh. So I went into the Prashadam room and I sat there feeling very, very sorry for myself. How could I do that? Why did you, who, you know, you don't just walk up to the Shaktivesh avatar of the, of the three worlds and just talk to him like that and, you know, and just get in his face. So I was just feeling it's hopeless. That's it. I've blown it. I can never be a devotee. I'll never be. I'll never go. A door opened. A door opened in the back of the room. And a man came out alone. And that man was A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. He walked in with his cane. He walked right up to me. I hit the floor. Paid my humble obeisances. And I got up and he said, you are a very nice boy. You will go back to home. And I said, back to Godhead? And he went, Jai. 
And then he <laughs> turned around and walked out of the room. Now, let me explain to you the process which occurred there. My enthusiasm was genuine. You know? He could see that this boy is actually, he's not acting appropriately. He's not, this is not any kind of behavior for a Vaishnava, but he's a young boy and he's very excited and enthused by Krishna consciousness. And, you know, he was up in his room and he obviously told those sannyasis, look, I have something I have to do. You stay here. There was no bodyguards. There was nobody. He came in that room alone to talk to me because I think he felt, I know he felt, oh, that boy was so enthusiastic. And where is he? He's not in the room here. He's been kept back. So let me personally go and see this boy and give him my blessing. And what did he say? Hare Krishna? No, he said, you will go back to Godhead. How many people have been told by Srila Prabhupada that they will go back to Godhead? Now, the question that I could have asked but didn't was, when? I didn't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be a gazillion lifetimes. It could be next week. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but there's a story about that, too. It's a yoga story. I don't know if it's in our Shastra. But it's this yogi uh, uh, said to this spiritual, self-realized spiritual master, like, when will I go back to Godhead? He said, do you see that tree, my son? Yes. As many leaves on that tree is how many lifetimes you have to experience before you go back to Godhead. He got very angry. That many? I, I, that's, there's probably a hundred thousand leaves on there. I, I have to be born and live and die and go to school and... Oh my God, that's terrible. The next day, another yogi came and said, oh, Maharaj, please tell me when I will go back to Godhead. And he said, do you see that tree? As many leaves are on that tree is how many lifetimes you must live before you can go back home. And the devotee said, ah, oh, so few? Only a couple of hundred thousand. Oh, thank you, Maharaj, and hit the dust. So in the scope of a turn, it doesn't matter when we go back to Godhead. Right. You know, right. we'll go back when the time is right. And um, I love Srila Prabhupada very much. I never really had much of a father, nice guy, but wasn't a very close relationship. A father is supposed to teach his son. A father is supposed to bring his son into manhood, give him, show him what his responsibilities and duties are in this world. And all of that work was done by Srila Prabhupada. So all, so many years have passed, and now I'm an old man, as Prabhupada said, at the fag end of my days. I know I'm a rather exuberant fellow, but I'm an actor. Right. Um, you know, it's like, Prabhupada was my father. I love Srila Prabhupada. I've lived for Srila Prabhupada, and I would be proud to die in a few years for, uh, with the name of Srila Prabhupada on my lips. I'm a Prabhupada Nuga, I believe is the term. Yes. And, um, you know, I took my initiation in 1981, uh, not from ISKCON, but from the Gaudiya Mongol Maharaj, who, if you read through the history, 
Prabhupada, when he came to America, wrote a brahmachari in the Gaudiya Mat to help him. And he was the only one that responded and said, yes, Prabhupada, I will help you. And that was Mangal Maharaj. So they were good friends. He showed me many letters that Prabhupada wrote to that to him. I have most of them. Wow. He only he only had two disciples in his life. Um, he was from the Sri Chaitanya Gaudiya Mat. Mangal Maharaj, many devotees know him, older devotees. Disciple and, of uh, Bhakti Daita Madhava Maharaj? Yes. Yes. Do you know who he is? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I was his first disciple. Oh, wow. He used to say to me, Jagannath, you are lazy, hazy, and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, you know, listen, everything, you know, all the things that are inappropriate about me have made me, I'm about to use the M word, made me a movie star, you know? Mm. I'm, I'm larger than life. I'm exuberant. I joke around. I'm not so, you know, Vaishnava is supposed to be sober. I'm not sober, <laughs> you know, and I, I love joking around. And the other thing I'll say about myself is that, you know, I, I embrace a kind of, and this is a little controversial. I embrace a kind of liberal idea, you know, I'm very much for the advancement of women and, in our leadership of our, I'm very close to Irmala, Mother Irmala Devi Dasi, oh, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She came, on, she came on the show, yeah. She did. She's yeah. a real, she's a real go-getter. So, um, and she told me I must promote her book on this show, which, of course, I will. No, I'm very close to Mother Irmala. In fact, I would say that Mother Irmala is my primary contact within ISKCON. Okay. Know? Wonderful. And, um. Look, I, I don't usually tell people how old I am. I'm 68. And, you know, I'll, I'll leave this body at some point in the not too near distant future. And I, I, I would like to become as Krishna conscious as I can. I'm very, you know, it's too bad you can't see my room. I have an altar. I have, a, you know, everything. So I'm very much interested in being a devotee, serving the devotee. However, after 50 years, I am definitely, and I'm not, this isn't fake humility in my case. I'm sure. a Kanista Adhikari. I'm like the guy that just walked in off the street. What's this? What are you guys doing here? You know, what's this food? What kind of food is this? You know, it's like I'm the guy the first time at the temple, you know, but for 50 years, I'm a Kanista, you know? Wow. So it's like, oh, he's so humble. No, I'm a Kanista. <laughs> I'm a beginner. I don't know anything, you know? Everybody is my master. Right. So that's a little bit about my journey. And uh, my wife, Vrindarani Devi, uh, Dasi, which many people, you know, I'm a well-known guy. Uh, see, I wrote a book on George Harrison. Right, right. I, I, I heard, I got that when I uh, researched your your name. And, and I was also Ronald McDonald. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So, so it's all this weird karma around me. And uh, <laughs> I've always look. I've had a lot of association with ISKCON people, lovely, lovely, wonderful people like Mother Irmala. And I had these, Mangal Maharaj just was around me for 10 years, living at my house, very strict sadhana. You know, I was, you know, had met, now when I met, it wasn't that only one occasion that I met Srila Prabhupada. I was actually with him for about uh, four days, something like that. There's a photograph of me and Prabhupada and my wife um, taken in London at the Vidya Bharat Bhavan, which was an Indian store that sold books and sitars. He went there and so forth. Wow. And when my spiritual master died, I got a treasure trove of letters that Prabhupada wrote, which I keep here. I have one of his chutters. 
But um, more than any other personality in my life, and I'm a big Beatle fan, love George Harrison, met George Harrison, this kind of stuff. There's nobody like Srila Prabhupada. You know what I love about Prabhupada? There's this thing that he says that I always I quote quite a bit, which is my success. I'm paraphrasing. My success is based on the fact that I simply repeated what I heard from my spiritual master without adding or subtracting anything. Right. So that's what I now there are people we know in Iskon that kind of have their own Siddhanta. They come up with their own view and their own trip a little bit, and not in any way to in any way criticize or judge anybody, but I've seen some stuff, all right? I'll just put it that way. I've been around since 1971. So I've seen some stuff along the way, and there's people that went off on wherever they went off to on some kind of a thing. And um, it wasn't always strictly with the truth. So I try to stay, I try to follow in the footsteps of Srila Prabhupada as much as I can, Right. you know? Mm -hmm. That's that's my story of devotion. Can you tell us a little bit about... How you ended up on um, – well, before that, before the Squid Game, tell us a little bit about how you broke into uh, film and, and TV and, and all that. Well, I've made 28 motion pictures. I've never had an extra part. They're all princi- what they call principal cast, supporting star. Right. I made two movies in which I starred, but for legal reasons, they were never released. I'm what's called a character actor. Which means that <laughs> I can pay an English lord. How are you, darling? Lovely to see you. Have you met my wife? Darling, come over here. So I can do all those kind of things, you know? This <laughs> is a very old fashioned acting thing. I'm what's yeah. called a character actor, and I can play anything. I can't do South African, I can't do Australian, but any other accent, pretty much, I can do. Wow. So people appreciate, you know, look, character actors do well. There isn't many. Most people play themselves, my brother. Most people, you know, like you just see a guy and he just plays himself. Well, I can play anything. In fact, I played a woman in something, a TV show not too long ago. And, and, and so, so, yeah, I can play anything. This is what I think about acting. When I was born, to a, a, my father was a plumber. My mother was a housewife. And as I went through that assembly line in heaven, someone said, hey, hold on a minute. Who's got the fairy dust? Yeah, bring it over here, Joe. And they put the, and they took the fairy dust and they just sprinkled a little bit of fairy dust on me. It's, All right, start the belt again. <laughs> so I just got some, you know, I got a little extra juice in the artistic because I've written thirty-two books. I don't know if you know that. I've written all these crazy books. I from nineteen eighty-four to two thousand six, I wrote thirty-two books and I made several million dollars. <laughs> I did. Don't have it anymore, but I did. So. Um, I tried to use it in the service of Krishna, but I got puffed up. I got puffed up. And when when everybody was kind of being a guru, well, actually, George Harrison said to me in 1984, he said, well, you, well it should be a guru then. I, said, well, I don't want to do anything. Because, oh, you're about the right age. You know, be a guru or not. So, you know, everybody's a guru. This guru, well, you can be a guru too. So I came up with this ludicrous, absolutely bogus, hellish idea. That I would be Juggernaut Das Puripat Maharaj. 
And I bought a million dollar property and I got a Vyasa sign, you know, and I sat on a Vyasa sign and people paid their humble obeisances to me and I was the big man in town, you know, and it was crap, you know, and it was just, but fortunately, Krishna smashed me. He took away all my money, took away my profession, cast me down with the sodomites into the bowels of hell, poverty of deprivation, my brother. And uh, I, uh, that woke me up. That, you know, to, what does he say in the Gita? To those whom I show special mercy, I take away everything they have so that they can depend solely upon me. So Krishna took all my toys away and, you know, kicked me into hell in Bangkok. There he is there. Sorry. The thunder god has spoken. So anyway, look, um, yeah, I I um I got smashed and I deserve to be. And boy, I'll tell you now, man, it's like I don't even call myself Adhikari or anything, you know, I'm just Jagannath Das small D. No more of that guru stuff for me, my brother, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, my daughter was somewhere in a club somewhere, and she he says, Oh, you got neck beads on, yeah, man, I got neck beads, we're devotees, yeah. So, who's your spiritual master? My daughter said to this guy, Oh, Jagannath Das Puripad. <laughs> you know, completely bummed me. So, I'd like to apologize to all my brothers and sisters out there for pretending to be a guru. I'm a jerk. I'll drink to that. <laughs> so, um, Prabhu, you know, uh, the article that came out in Newsweek where it said, you know, you were. You were stop, stop, stop. Yeah. What did you just say? A huge article in Newsweek in which they played my entire successful three-minute audition for Squid Game. Let's say that they, you know, put an ad in the Hollywood paper. How much will you pay for a three-minute casting tape to go on a huge article in Newsweek? And the answer is like, you know, a million bucks or something. It just yeah. fell in my lap. I'm going to tell you something. Krishna is the owner and controller of, of everything. Yeah. Srila Prabhupada once, in a very short conversation I had with him, said at Bhaktivedanta Manor, I told him, he says, so what do you want to be, young man? What is your profession? I said, oh, I want to be a movie star. He said, then you shall be Krishna's movie star. So I waited through my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, well into my 60s, and here it is! You know? <laughs> There it is. I was starting to think, come on, Prabhupada. I mean, you know, when's this going to happen, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and actually, about a month ago, I remember going to bed and looking at my son asleep and my wife asleep. And, uh, well, I tried. I, I did the best I could. But my lifelong dream of being a movie star is obviously not going to happen. <laughs> Two weeks later... I'm a movie star. What is that? <laughs> Amazing. In the in that article, so I assume that you got a lot of after that whole after that three minute thing. You got so many overwhelming got, amount I've of. Got, I've got five movie offers. A lady wrote me the other day and and said, "Can I have your autograph?" <laughs> of course, of course you get. No, listen, listen. The more I get to do autographs all day. So I said, can you write it on, on a nice piece of paper? So I very neatly write out Jeffrey Giuliano, Squid Game, VIP 4. And she said, okay, thank you. And then two days later, 
gets tattooed on her chest. No. For the rest of her life for her future husband to see. Who's that on your chest? You know? Look, that's the thing I can tell you that happened to me. Right. But there's other things. If you saw me in Squid Game, you'll know that there's a, you know, I play a gay guy. Right. So I'm getting mail from people from all walks of life, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the best one. And you know what? Then she wrote me and said, thank you so much. This autograph and meeting you has been the greatest experience of my life. I thought, Jesus, you haven't been anywhere, honey. You know, <laughs> meeting me is a great. So here's the thing. Here's the great thing about being a devotee of Krishna, a Kanista, a lifelong Kanista autocard. I don't believe any of the crap. Therefore, I can skate through it. You know, I've worked with many movie stars. So let's see. I'll give you a few names. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Jason Stratham in Mechanic 2, Me Mechanic Resurrection. Um, uh, Patrick Stewart. Uh, you know, from Star Trek, John Luke Picard. Mm -hmm. Funny story. We were making this movie called Jules Verne's The Mysterious Island for the Hallmark Channel in Krabi, Thailand. We are staying in this luxurious hotel. And I got an invitation under my door. Patrick Stewart would like to invite you to dinner. Please sit at his table. So I thought, well, this is fantastic because I used to love Star Trek. So I went there and everybody's eating. And of course, I had my special vegetarian food. And he noticed that. He'd had a couple of drinks. He said, Jeffrey? Oh, yes, Mr. Stewart. I see that you're a vegetarian. Is that true? I said, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Stewart, I am indeed. Do you feel you're morally superior to me because you're a vegetarian? Oh, Oh, no, Mr. Stewart. No, not at all, sir. I greatly respect you. I... Nobody, he never talked to me again while we made that movie over the next six weeks. And nobody talked. I was a pariah. For what? Because <laughs> I was a vegetarian. Now, I learned something from that. I never socialize on a set anymore. Hey, you want to come to the cast party? We're going to meet us in the bar for some drinks after that. No, no, I got to study my lines. I don't do anything with anybody I, I go there and do my work be quiet and go because yeah. you know it's like you just say the smallest thing and patrick stewart hates your guts and if patrick stewart hates your guts everybody hates your guts you know <laughs> so yeah true story wow so what was it about you the... could never tell that i'm an actor could you i mean just by my personality you could never tell no, I general accountant, insurance salesman you know something a librarian you could never tell i was an actor <laughs> Amazing. In the in the Newsweek article, it was saying that you were stranded for COVID in, in India. Tell us a little bit about that. Six months. Okay. So I have a son. Just a minute. Eden. Eden. I'll introduce you to my son. Sure, sure. Along here, Eden. Now these are the devotees. Hi, what Eden. do you say devotees? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna. Could you get down so we can see you in the camera? Right here, I, okay. I put him. There I put you him go. Here. That's Eden Garrett Giuliano. Now, what does Eden have in the back of his head? Look, hey, look at that. Chip off the old block. So, okay, thank you. <laughs> nice so, to meet you, Eden. Eden. Nice to meet you, too. He's, he's playing, the, learning the harmonium. Okay. He's going to give Krishna Das a run for his money. So, anyway. Um, uh, what was the question? Oh, oh stranded my, in India. Okay, yeah. so I thought... 
Look, man. Okay, so I have an idea about child rearing in Krishna consciousness, which isn't exactly like everybody else's. And this goes to the liberal left wing thing. Right. I didn't want to force my kid to be a devotee. Sure. You know, I just didn't want to do it. You know, a lot of people do it. I didn't want to do it. So he knew I was a devotee. He knew I was practicing. And he used to, you know what? He, I used to sit, he would be eating beef next to me. I didn't say a word about it. Then he got onto YouTube and he started, he started looking at videos about slaughterhouses. He came to me and he said, dad, I'm a vegetarian now. Okay. I thought, well, he's just a little kid. It's just some phase he's going through, you know? Yeah. So we went somewhere for Thanksgiving and I said, okay, you want some turkey? What are you talking about? I'm a vegetarian. Gods are angry. So, so anyway, I, uh, yeah, he's just totally, completely dedicated. No meat, fish or eggs, onion or garlic, coffee, tea, chocolate. Forget about it. This guy is, he is fixed up. He is first class. So he sits in his room and plays a harmonium. Eden's a really cool guy. I'm really, it's my great privilege to, to, to know Eden. And can you hear that thunder? I can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've angered the gods for sure. Indra, Indra. <laughs> so, so, um, um, India. Here's what happened. I decided to take Sunny Boy to India to show him Vrindavan. Take him to Vrindavan, man. Right. So we went to Vrindavan. We, I put him in school. We hung out. And then they said, we're closing India tomorrow. Nobody can get out. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> And I had only brought $2,000 with me. We were going to stay for two weeks. That's enough money. But I didn't bring any credit cards. I didn't bring an ATM. Just had $2,000. Well, that's enough for Vrindavan for two weeks, 1000 bucks a week. And this was like at the end of the vacation, and they just locked the country in like, they were, Eden, we only have 85 bucks, you know? And we had to stay for six months. Now, look, because of the life I've led, hmm, Less now, but before I was very puffed up guy. You know, not so much now. But anyway, this really showed me what humility was. You know, I, I we had to wait in line in Vrindavan with the widows to get some halava. You know, halava and some uh, dal and, and uh, kitchari, you know. And um, yeah, we waited in line with the other widow beggars, with the other beggars. But you know, there's something I always say. We are all beggars at the gates of the temple don't yeah. get any you're not a big shot of any kind nobody's a big shot Prabhupada and Krishna are big shots we're just carbon-based life forms in a material body and we have no reason to be puffed up about anything you know success worldly success has always been very easy for me to obtain as a writer I own an audio, successful audio book company called, called Icon Audio Books and making movies, which I've been doing since 2006. I made my first movie, but I have a master's degree in drama. Um, so it came to me quite easily. I know how to do it. It's like a trick I've learned to act, to be an actor. And it's like uh, I can just pull out the bag of tricks and assume the character. So anyway, we got stranded there. I'm sorry, I digress, wandered off in the weeds. Look. We were in, we finally, we had to move to Jayapur because it was 
quite uncomfortable for me to stay in Vrindavan. You know, it's like I'm older and, you know, when you're walking, you trip because the road is uneven and this kind of, usually I stay in the MVT like a Lord, but I didn't have the money for that. So I was hanging around in Balaji Ashram and this one and that one. So finally we moved to Iskan Jayapur, which is great, fantastic place. No one ever goes there. It's a lovely, lovely place. And we were in the guest house there. And um, the guy came and said, uh, you have to leave. Why? Well, because of COVID, we got to close down and we had nowhere to go. And all the hotels and ashrams wouldn't take foreigners. <clears throat> so we were like, I was homeless in India, more or less for six months, hungry. And we had two weeks of clothes. So when we got home, the gene, Eden's genes kind of disintegrated, <laughs> you know? And, and I had this... The saffron shirt that I wore, dress shirt, and it was like I had to throw it away. It had been washed so many times in rivers and on stones, and it was completely yes, it was just it was crazy. But because I'm such a character, larger than life guy, or whatever it is, I'm a little bit famous. There was a, a few viral articles on this, and you can see them online. And uh, yeah, and people started sending money. Towards the end, people sent money, like, okay, you and your son. So, and then finally, we had to be airlifted out of Thailand by the Thai government. So really? check, check, check this out. He couldn't go to America because he left his American passport. He didn't need it. He was traveling on his Thai passport, locked up in Bangkok. I couldn't go to Bangkok. They said, your son can go back, come back to Thailand, but not you. Not sending a 12-year-old kid back to Thailand. Are you crazy? We'll go when we both can go. So then some lawyers, high-class Thai people became my advocate and went to the government and said, listen, this Eden doesn't really have a mother. He's a single parent guy. You can't just let Eden come back. He's Thai. You gotta let them both come back. So they airlifted us out after six months in January. They airlifted you out of India to Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, what a story. And so tell us a little bit about now about how you – what was the um, events leading up to being on Squid Game? Okay, I made a movie which I'm very proud of, sure. more proud than my performance in Squid Game, called Peninsula Train to Busan, which you can see on Netflix now, okay? okay. So I play, a, I play what I always play, a tough guy, you know, a bad guy, I don't know just look like that tough guy mafia godfather so <laughs> playing that part and yeah it's a really good part very very proud of it you know i like to do what's called naturalist i mean i know it's it seems ridiculous with my larger than life personality but in my work i like to do this very subdued very quiet very menacing naturalistic acting that's the style i prefer and i achieve that in peninsula watch it on netflix yeah so the director saw me in that movie and they had now this is this could sound egotistical. I'm just reporting to you what happened. All right. Sure, sure. This is a business in which the, the I'm the product. So please don't hold this against me. He looked all over the world for someone to play VIP for, which was modeled on Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so. They found me and they, you know, they paid me more money than I normally get for a movie, like a lot more. And I thought, well, what the hell? Because I didn't know what Squid, I don't know Squid Game. I thought it was a stupid, it is a stupid name. Right. Squid Game, what the hell is that? So <laughs> yeah. they, 
he offered me a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. So we got, actually, I got my agent to ask for more. You know, they offered me a lot. And then they said, well, ask for more as long as they're giving money out. So <laughs> they, they gave me the money I wanted. And I went over there and, uh, yeah, I made the movie. And I and how, the short answer is the director saw me in Peninsula Train to Busan. However, between Peninsula and Squid Game, I got a call from Netflix saying, would you be in a Woody Harrelson movie called Kate? And I said, well, yeah, sure. What's the part? And they said, well, it's, it's a featured extra. Now, for people who don't know what a featured extra is, that means somebody who has a few lines, a very few lines, and he's in the movie. Right. And I said, and the lady was called Ooey. I said, Ooey, Ooey, I'd do anything for you, but I don't do those kind of small parts. I mean, I, I never did. And I, come on, I'm a pretty popular actor. She said, Jeffrey, would you please do it? I said, really, I really can't. It's just not building the brand, you know? Yeah. Okay. She said, okay, thank you. And then two weeks later, the phone rang and she said, look, uh, Jeffrey, um, the director really wants you to do this movie. And I said, well, listen, I, oh yeah, I, I told you, I'm not going to do a small part like that. Oh, I understand. She hung up the phone. Two weeks later, she calls back again. Jeffrey, you got to do this part. The director's flipping out. He says, you're the only man to do this part. So how much are you offering me? And she told me, I said, well, I'll take, I'll do it for three times more money than that. <laughs> she, okay. I'll get back to you. Two weeks later. Okay. You got it. And wow. I need a limo to pick me up at my place, wait for me, and then take me back as soon as I'm through shooting. Because usually they have to wait around for other actors and they drop all these different people off. So they laid on the limo. They gave me the money I wanted and I did the movie Kate, which you can also see it's a very small part. But, you know, I mean, listen, come on. I'm just an actor. I'm not a star or anything like that. I'm just like some guy. And if a big, big, famous international director, I don't know his name, but I'm, obviously is, if you made a movie for, with Woody uh, Harrelson, I, I hope I didn't say Woody Allen before, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you said Harrelson. Um, okay, good. So you, it's a little hard for an actor to tell a director you, you're not going to do a part when he really wants you to do the part. Yeah. So I did that part. So I've got three movies on Netflix right now, Squid Game, uh, Peninsula Train to Busan, and a small part in Cape. And all of them, I play a mafia guy. Go figure. Right. What has been your realization where you, you know, you had success, but you, you didn't have the success that you have now. And what is yeah. your experience like in a Christian conscious perspective now that, okay, I've had all the success, but like what's going through your mind? Here's what's going through my mind. Yeah. Whatever talent I have, whatever time I have, Whatever ability I have, please, everyone in ISKCON, call upon me to make a movie, to do narration, to do whatever you want. I am your humble servant. I want to use, dovetail, as Prabhupada would say, I want to dovetail my uh, potential and proclivities in the service of Krishna and his devotee. So yeah. that's it. I'm a Kanista Adhikari, and I need, I need engagement. I need seva. I need sadhana. So the thing I would like to see happen and what needs to happen is yeah. ISKCON to make a real feature film. Mm. They make, they've done documentaries. They did that, uh, that wonder Bhakti Chiru, my Maharaj, my old buddy. I'm so old that everybody's my buddy. I, I knew Jayapataka when he was a brahmachari. We used to fool around and, you know, 
played what, in, in Buffalo, right? Wasn't he in Buffalo? Uh, uh, yeah, but I met him in Toronto when he. Oh, I knew Toronto. when he was. I knew him when he was thin. You know that, that's <laughs> that's how far back we go. Um, so, so yeah, so I know everybody. Everybody knows me, and I really hope and pray that it's in the Srila Prabhupada's plan because he's ever present is to make a feature film and let me act for Krishna. Let me do a movie for Krishna. And that's going to involve, I don't know, Yadavara, his wife. I'm sorry, I forgot her name. She's a president. Yeah. Anybody who wants to get a hold of me, you know, that's got something reasonable that they want to do. But you wrote multiple books and you wrote a book about George Harrison. You even were on TV with on a talk show. Uh, I forget what that lady's name was. Quite famous. Joan Rivers show. Joan Rivers, Joan yeah. Joan Rivers, Rivers yeah. Tell us a little bit about why did you write a book about George Harrison? Because when I was a little kid, the first time I ever heard the word Hare Krishna, let's see. Yeah. I am the walrus John Lennon, 1967. Elementary penguin singing Hare Krishna. Man, you should have seen him kicking Edgar Allan Poe. So that's just some psychedelic stuff there. Right. So, yeah, so that was the first time I heard, and I, I didn't think anything about Hare Krishna. Then maybe I, mm, yeah, well, I knew that George Harrison was involved in Krishna. Oh, I know. I bought the Radha Krishna Temple album, which, by the way, I'm a collector of Radha Krishna Temple anything. So if any devotees have anything out there, they maybe want to sell promotional posters. I have many copies of the album, picture covers, autograph stuff with Yamuna. I'm a collector of that uh, that thing, that that those things, memorabilia. So anyway, so George Harrison is a great man. Srila Prabhupada said he was his archangel. He said it was his last lifetime. Said he was going to go back to Godhead at the end of this life. And in 1983, I was a house sitter for John Lord of Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water. This was a big hit. And at this beautiful house outside of Henley on Thames. And one day, one day, during a rainstorm like this, uh, there was a knock at the door about seven o'clock at night. And I opened the door and I was the only one at home. I was a house sitter, but I was, we had other people that lived there, but I was the only one home. And I opened the door and it was George Harrison. Now, this was not a good period for George Harrison. George Harrison was doing cocaine, you know, I, he was, and he was not in a good headspace. He wasn't the George that we know and love. It was downtime for George, 1983, winter. He came in and I said, oh, Harry Ball, George. And he immediately walked into, oh, there was somebody there. There was a friend there called Legs Larry Smith from the Bonzo Dog Band. Anyway, Larry was there. I was there. Was that the way? No, George came in and it was just me and him and his wife was there too. And I said, Hare Krishna to him. And oh, he looked really like not happy that somebody said Hare Krishna to him. Mm. It's like, who? it was like, who's this guy right. saying Hare Krishna to me? Because I was in a multimillionaire rock star's house and he thought he was going to see John Lord from Deep Purple, but he saw this guy, you know, this is before I'd written any books or anything. I was about 30. So Larry came home, and as soon as Larry came home, George took him into the back room and said, who is this guy? What is this, some devotee? What, you, what, what is this, you know? And um, then George came in, and we, I talked to George Harrison for about 40 minutes. And 
don't know, how do I say this diplomatically? Let's just say he was very fond of Srila Prabhupada and perhaps less fond of others that came after. Right. That's that conveys what we want to say. And they said, why don't you be a guru? You're about the right age, 30 years old. Yeah, you can be a guru too, Jeffrey. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I met George Harrison, but it was, you know, Don and Jaya, Don and Jaya Prabhu. Yeah, yeah. big yeah. Scottish devotee from the Radhakrishna yeah. Temple. Yeah. I, I was in touch with him and Tribubanath, the wonderful Tribubanath, you know, oh, good yeah. buddy of mine. He was like me. He's always joking around, happy. So I knew a lot of those guys. So because I was hanging on the periphery of George Harrison's life in 1983, Don and Jaya contacted me. I love Don and Jaya. He's a wonderful man. And then uh, he went to see George. And this is what George said to him. He told me this. Don and Jaya told me, he said, Don and Jaya, are you still into the Hare Krishna? Oh, yes, of course, George. He said, why don't you go down to the pub and get some beer and it would do you good? And he said, George, I did that when I was 16, man. I, there's nothing there for me. And he was very not receptive, and he was in a bad stage. Now he came out of that, you know, and died a, a very victorious death, which is something I look forward to, a good death. My astrologers say that will occur. And here's my astrologer, wonderful. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, so... Um, I knew George Harrison a little tiny. I met George Harrison on one occasion. I spoke to him on, for about 40 minutes. I spoke to him on the phone on one occasion. And I sent him a book about healthy eating for young people. And he loved that. And he sent me a basket of avocados from his Hawaiian home. So that's the full extent of my uh, association with George Harrison. And then I wrote the book Dark Horse, and then he didn't like me anymore because I invaded his pr privacy. Mm. What was the book kind of regarding in the Well, it talked Harris. about his real life. You know, it talked about women that I knew that he had. A f the Makunda was a little up. Makunda caught some flack for that, you know. So what's his devotee? He wrote a biography about me. I had nothing to do with Makunda Maharaj. I love, Mak I love Makunda Maharaj. I love him. He's fantastic. And um, so I hope he's doing well. So he probably might see this, right? He he might. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. So I, anyway, so so um, I I I I'm sorry, I lost track. Where were we? You were you were talking about why they didn't like that you wrote that book. Well, they didn't like the book because there's some personal stuff in there. Because That's I right. have to. Okay, legs, Larry Smith, and these people were doing cocaine. So there was some cocaine around, you know, and mm -hmm. his, I knew his dealer and he said, well, I got to go to Friar Park. What for? What for, man? I got to take him an ounce of Coke, you know, this kind of, so I heard all these Coke stories and, you know, I was trying to do a dispassionate, non-spin, honest biography. And I put all the wonderful things about George Harrison. And I also put that he was doing some Coke, Right. you know, go figure. People don't like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's kind of this, you know, they just want to kind of freeze someone in that time where, you know, helping Srila Prabhupada, helping the devotees. And I understand that, but there's, mm. you know, later parts of someone's life or other parts, darker but, parts. But, you know, William Blake said the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. 
So mm. we mustn't we mustn't be cross with. Uh, look, I've done drugs. I haven't done drugs in years, but I have done them, and I have also right. done cocaine. You know, right. but those were times when I was. When you're a devotee, it's different, you know? Mm. You see, there's like a little guy on your shoulder, like the Flintstones. You got the little angel and the little devil, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of saying, no, no, Juggernaut, don't go there, you know? And also when you do, it's like everybody's feeling really good on the Coke. And I said, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. It's like Krishna's like, oh, you want to fool around and put pins in the voodoo doll. So yeah. it's, it's not really... Uh, it's no fun to do all that. It's fun to chant Hare Krishna. It's fun to take prasadam. It's fun to serve the widows of Vrindavan, which I love doing. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's fun to, to, to serve the devotee. You know, I just, I mean, life is so dry. Birth, death, disease, and old age. I'm experiencing it right now as we speak, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of them, old age. There's no disease. There's no death yet. I'm always looking over my shoulder. But... I, the most important thing to me is my, you know, I would have to say next to my son because I'm worried about, I'm 68, he's 13. What happens when I, he'll be a young man when I pass away, I make sure he's okay. You know, Chris, I tell people, if Krishna said to me, oh, Jagannath, you've passed away. Now you must, you can go to Krishna Loka because of your service to the devotees. I'd have to say, Oh, Bhagawan Sri Krishna, fortunately, I cannot take you up on that very kind and generous offer because I'm worried about the welfare of my son, you know? Now, you can say, oh, he's very attached to his son. Yes, I am. I want to make sure he's okay. I love my son, like bigly, as, as Donald Trump would say. And I want him to be okay, you know? So as, as long as I can do stuff for him, Krishna consciousness comes second. Oh, he's attached to his family. Yeah, I'm attached to my family. A lot, really, a lot. Yeah. Just my son. Basically, look, he's, he doesn't have a mother, you know, his natural mother. And he's a very sensitive young guy. And I don't, and he's going to have some money when he dies, you know. And I, when I die, sorry. And I, I, I don't want him to get ripped off or cheated. I don't want him to get into drugs and, you know, sure. fentanyl. And, you know, so I want to kind of stay here and, you know, stage manage his life because I'm a, quite a responsible guy and I kind of know what the right thing to do. I've been around for so long um, that I can't die because I have to stay to, to look after Eden. But I would like Eden to, Eden's about ready to take first Harinam initiation. Oh, really? Yeah. He seems to but be really. My, my, my idea is that he takes it from Irmala Devi Dasi. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not possible at this point in the uh, evolution of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Right. It, it might be at some point. Well, actually, let me, let me tell you what I was told kind of confidentially, confidentially, which confidential no more. If you get to be a really big movie star, Jagannath, and you want your son to take initiation from Ermelin. <laughs> no problem. You let you. You know, if you're a big shot, you know, I'll let you. We'll see. Right, right. Is there a reason you're not based in the USA? Because you grew up in the USA. Oh, I'm wanted in 10 states, my boy. You're wanted? wanted by the FBI. I'm not joking. <laughs> I've never even had a No, I know. I see. I know. I'm not a criminal. I just play one on TV. No, dude, I, I I don't like America. You know, Brahmananda said to me, America, it's a pig society. You know, last time I went to America, I made an 
I was in a sports car, you know, in Pennsylvania, Avalon, Pennsylvania, because my daughter's called Avalon. And um, suddenly there were all these cops behind me. What the hell is this? And they pulled me over and I said, put your hands outside the window. So I put my hands out the window and they said, don't make any sudden moves. You know, it's a loudspeaker though. Christ, they're going to shoot me. <laughs> I may be the wrong color for that, but you know, they're going to shoot me. And my hands are out the window and they said, are you aware that you changed lanes without signaling? I said, is this what this is about? This is it? <laughs> and I looked around and I was in a very low car. When I got out of the car, the SWAT team was there. And they had all their guns and their body armor and their ar I said, what? <laughs> what is this? You have nothing to do that when a guy makes a lane change and doesn't signal, you bring the SWAT team? <laughs> so that I left America shortly thereafter. It was just too heavy police state stuff for me. And I'm a big fan and I'm happy to say uh, friend of Gargamuni and Brahmananda, God rest his soul. We don't have to worry about him. He's doing fine, doing better than we are. Um, right. the, and those guys, they hate America. I'm not a big fan of America. I don't really like, I don't really want to. Wait, wait. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if I didn't have this child, I just live in the MVT, you know, in Vrindavan. I just live in Vrindavan. I just live in Vrindavan, you know, and chant Hare Krishna. Um, what do you like about Vrindavan so much? Everything. Nothing. Those monkeys. What are we going to do about those monkeys? They attack me. They take my glasses. They tried to take my cell phone. What the hell is with the monkeys already? Now I said, we need to, we need to put birth control in their food. Oh no, Prabhu, 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 you don't understand, said the Vrijabhasis. These are great yogis from another lifetime. You cannot do any offense to the monkeys. The monkeys, I can't even go to Loy Bazaar anymore. The monkeys are everywhere. I mean, it's like you have this, like a, I don't know what it is. It's like a, a monkey mafia there. I've seen, now they take iPhones and stuff. You know, yeah. they've, they've, they've gone up a little bit. Before it was like, you know, take a hat, take your glasses. And it's, you know, they last time I was there, they... One landed on my shoulder and then jumped off with my glasses. I'm telling you, it was like a, a hit, a mafia hit. It's like I felt something in the back of my neck, which is the way the mafia does it, you know, and wah, and then boom, gone, you know, and there's my glasses. And wh what do they want? Mango fruity. Because I said, well, what do we what do we do with it? Do you have mango fruity? <laughs> no, I don't have mango fruity. What am I going to have? Get my glasses down. Please, Prabhu, calm down. We'll get you the mango fruity. Get the mango fruity. So we got the mango fruity and we gave him and, and he very graciously accepted not one, not two, about 10 mango fruities. And then just as he was going to drop the glasses, where's my glasses? Just before he was going to drop the glasses, he just very, very calmly <laughs> broke them in half and then dropped the two pieces down. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I think they should do now. Now, listen, let me tell you, there is, I'm taking my glasses off again. Yeah. See those beautiful eyes. So anyway, um, uh, there is a way to control the monkeys in Vrindavan, and they should do it. I found out, if you've been to Rishikesh, they have these great big monkeys, right. super big monkeys. Vrindavan monkeys are deathly afraid of those little, of, of those big monkeys. They're called lemur or something like that. I'm not sure what they're called. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I said, so what? Well, if you brought those to Vrindavan, they would see, just seeing that monkey, they'd all run away. So I said, here's what to do. Because I, I love Loy Bazaar. I mean, I come to one of the big reasons I come to Vrindavan is go shopping in Loy Bazaar. Right. So what happened? So I said, get cages and put them, you know, in sort of strategic places in Loy Bazaar. Put one of the, put those monkeys in there, you know, and then they're shaking the cages, you know, and then all the monkeys will split because you can't kill them. You can't birth control. My idea was birth control. Um, and the people have talked about taking them away. So Vrindavan is the tourists, the Indian tourists, it's their country, God bless them. The Indian tourists and the monkeys are, to me, a big problem. Look, I used to go to Vrindavan in the 1980s and 90s, man. And it was like, ooh, Krishna land, you know. But if you want that now, you go to Varsana, you go to, you know, out. Go over I love Iskon Vrindavan and I love... Sorry, what's his name? The temple president there again? Panchagoda. Panchagoda is my buddy. I love to eat in the restaurant and hang out with my old buddies. And yeah, I, I love Vrindavan. And it's absolute 100%. If I didn't have my son and he didn't have to go to international school and all that stuff, I would be in Vrindavan like forever, like Gargamuni and all my buddies. Yeah. Uh, there is yeah. one, one, one thing I will say. Sure. All the devotees that are kind of like, or most of the devotees from my generation were like 10 years older than me. <laughs> so I'm 68. So some of them are getting up there. Vyasaki, uh, you know, he's a real good friend of mine. And I said, how oh, really? I'm 81. 81? My God, 81? So, you know, it's like I'm flipping out about turning 70. But um, yeah, wow. I thank God because there's a, who's there? And I said, Jeffrey Giuliano, kid. I bring him in. You know, I was like the little kid. Hi. Uh, you know, hi guys, Harry Krishna, Harry Bow, you know, and it was like, it was like, well, let the, you know, I was like the kid, you know, the kid. And right. now I'm 68 and they're 78. So I'm kind of happy I was younger. Right, right. What would you say to someone who wants to, like a devotee who wants to break in? Because I know break into the, the acting scene because I know there's a lot of, um, not a lot, but there's a few devotees who are, you know, trying to, trying to make it there somehow. Um, but also be devotees at the same time. What would you say to them? Don't do it. Forget, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. You know I mean, it's not good. Don't do it. I don't think you should do it. Unless you're crazy like me, you can't do it. <laughs> uh, my wife is sitting over here. She's the other, she's Thai. And she said, your personality, your person, I've studied your personality. Your personality, lunatic. <laughs> And today she added a few more. Crazy, insane, mad. <laughs> so unless you have, there was a movie many years ago with Sean Connery called The Fine Madness. I have a personality type. In fact, I probably have several. Um, you know, unless you're kind of like me, which is not too many, please don't do it. It's a heartbreaking. You'll be rejected constantly. It's I can't, there's no encouragement I can reasonably give. However, if you're intent upon doing it, you can do it. Morgan Freeman says this. If you're, first of all, Morgan Freeman didn't get an acting job till he was in his 50s. Okay, that's one thing. Wow. Uh, he said, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. But if you must do it, 
commit yourself 100% and it will happen. And I was so angry with Morgan Freeman until about a month ago. Because it's, come on, Morgan, I did everything you said and it didn't, it happened, you know? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you met uh, Mungo Maharaj and 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 a little bit about him? Because I know yes, he's, good not, story, good story, he's not with us. He's not with us anymore, right? No, he's not. Okay, so here's what happened in 1981. Okay, Vishwakarma from the Toronto Temple, who actually got the Toronto Temple for ISKCON. Is, you know, he'll probably go to Krishna Lok just for that. It's a lovely, lovely building. Oh. Um, Bhakti Marg Maharaj is here. Another one of my old buddies. Oh, wow. And an actor, good actor. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Um, so I was there in 1981, and sometimes Vishakarma would let yogis stay there, you know? Like yogis, not not the, I mean, talking about yogi yogis, long-haired, you know, hoppy yoga guys. Yeah. And he would sometimes. So, and, you know, ultimately they would come and go. And But Mangal Maharaj came from the Gaudiya Mat because of his good relationship with Srila Prabhupada, he was allowed to stay. So I just went in the temple room to pay my obeisances, and there he was. He looked like E.T. He was a little, little, little cute little sannyasi, a little humbly-tumbly, little, you know, little E.T., alien sannyasi, little teeny cute sannyasi. And he's sitting there on the floor, and he rapped on the floor three times. Come here. So I went there and he said, what is your good name, sir? Jeffrey Giuliano, blah, blah, blah. And then what ensued was about, let's see, 10 years of almost constant association. And yeah, he said, Jagannath, why you act crazy? You lazy, hazy and crazy. Why are you acting such and so forth? He said, why don't you be sober? You're joking all the time and all this is not good. And yeah, I don't know. But here's the thing. My ex-wife, Vrinda, many devotees know, she's once said to me, you know, Jeffrey, you've talked yourself into millions of dollars. And you've also talked yourself out of millions of dollars with your big mouth, you know? So what I have to say, so I, you know, Maharaj was very, you know, he was, uh, he used to just laugh. <laughs> oh, this is what he said. Oh, I cannot, you are otherwise and i knew what he meant you know you're not like with everybody else you're otherwise and i am indeed otherwise so funny thing happened with dinu bandhu uh, prabhu and me we were up uh, maraj he didn't have much money ever <clears throat> and i paid for everything for a long time and he's a great man. And he's, he's my spiritual master. And well, I, I always figure now, I figure I have two spiritual masters. You know, man cannot serve two masters. But I can. I yeah. got Srila Prabhupada and I got Mangal Maharaj. You know, and that's the way I roll. You know, right or wrong, I don't know, it's the way I roll. When I do my obeisances, I do my obeisances to Srila Prabhupada first. And then I do my obeisances to Mangal Maharaj. That's what I do. Yeah. So uh, we were going to Radha Kund in a really dangerous tuk-tuk all the way from from Raman Reti. And they said, Maharaj, you know, can't we get a car? No, 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 we not, must not waste Krishna's money. We have to you know, be, we are devotees, every farthing we have to use in the service. So we'll take this tuk-tuk. I said, okay, Maharaj. So we got in tuk-tuk and we're going along on the, on the Agra road, you know, which isn't a big two lane thing or a big super highway like it was, it was a little, very dangerous road. Yeah. And then we're going along and suddenly it flipped over several times and oh. into a ditch, into a ditch. 
Now, it just so happened that it was on its side. Mongol Maharaj was on the bottom. And I was on top of Mongol Maharaj. So in order to get out of there, I had to climb out through the window. I had to put my feet and use Mongol Maharaj as like the stool to get <laughs> to get out of this on flaming, on fire smoking thing. I mean, I had no, I had to. So I was like, excuse me, Maharaj, and I'm you know putting my head, feet on his head and his you know as like, crawling out of the thing, and then I'm crawling out, and then I see a little face, Inubandu. <laughs> Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Is there a problem? Is there a problem? I'm stepping all over my spiritual master, the Tukton fellow. Yeah. So anyway, Dinu Bandu picked this out. Say Dinu Bandu. I said, here's what I said. I remember saying, I'm from Buffalo. I'm from Buffalo. Do you understand it? I'm not one of you guys. I'm from Buffalo, New York. This shouldn't be happening to me. So, you know, as I stepped over my spiritual, you know, put my stepped on my spiritual master about 30 times before I could get my fat ass out of the out of the thing. <laughs> Dino Bond pulled me out and then we righted the thing and we got Mongo Maharaj out. And I had to like I was cut up quite badly. So my, he always said to me, Oh, you not, you're stepping on over your spiritual master, trying to jump over your spiritual master and step over you. You know, I literally Literally, I'm sorry, is that your face, Maharaj? You know, like, I'm, crying. I'm crying. It was upside down, it was on fire. And of course, then when we got out, we pulled Maharaj out. And the driver was dead, you know, so it was heavy duty. And the driver was dead, he was dead, you know, some real tall guy, really super black guy. And um, Dinu Bandu, when he sees me, he says, Hey. You're from Buffalo. You know, he just, he always seems, I love the Dino Bond is one, he's pure devotee. I think Dino Bond is a pure devotee. He's a wonderful man. Yeah, he's great. And and your, your Guru Maharaj, I've known for a long, long time. Wow. He said to me one time, he said, Jagannath, you're very special. <laughs> Thank you, Maharaj. No, really. You're so special. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, something I really like about you, Prabhu, is that you, you're very much yourself. And I yeah. think sometimes devotees can get um, caught up in trying to be someone they're not. Mm. And I was just wondering, what advice would you have for devotees? Well, first of all, I, I'm someone I'm not for a living. Right. I'm an actor. Right, I play right. other people, you know? <laughs> right. So here, here's the thing. I'm a, you know, old King Cole was a jolly old soul, and a jolly old soul was, I'm a jolly old soul. You know, I like, I like, to, I, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I like to be happy. Um, I like attention. You know, I'm an actor. I mean, look, when I was a little three, four, five, I'd say to my parents, it's showtime. And I'd get behind the sofa and I'd say, hey, everybody, it's showtime. You know, whatever it was that I did, you know, I'm a Martian. And, and it was that kind of thing. Now, I have some of that thing that you've seen this in other actors, most notably Robin Williams. It's this, she just, my wife's sitting here. She just said, to, why are you always acting? 
I don't really, this is what I know how to be and what I know how to do, you know? Right. It's like asking a fish not to swim, you know? I'm an actor. I'm a natural born actor. You're going to get a lot of people writing at the bottom, oh, that guy, you know? Um, but it's just, you know, and now I've been encouraged by Squid Game. It's like, you know, before I was just this guy, I try to keep it under wraps a little bit. Well, if everybody likes it, you know? And I don't know, did you see me in Squid Game? I did. Fantastic. You saw more of me than you wanted to. <laughs> right? Yeah, my uh, wife said that we could see that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, look, I mean, it's, you, listen, you, you know, if you're an actor, hard to say no to Netflix when they want you to do something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So do you think I wanted to do that? Do you think I wanted to say those jokes about sex? I did not. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like I had to do it. They're the employer. You know, in yeah. fact, when I got there, the script, sorry, we were veering off topic a little bit, but the script, I knew the script was otherwise, shall we say, to be diplomatic. So I said to the director, uh, I'm a writer. You want me to punch this up a little? No, there's no time for that. Okay. So then I still, I knew that the script was otherwise. So I, when I got on the set, I kind of didn't say certain things and improvised. And I heard this voice from this, please step to the script, Mr. Giuliano. What could oh. I do? I asked him if I could rewrite it, punch it up. I asked him, I, I, I then against orders, I just started ad-libbing so I didn't have to say some of those things. Yeah. And uh, they insisted that I say it exactly as it is in the script, so I had to. Now. I didn't know that I had to take my clothes off in that movie. Right. What do you mean? I just didn't read the script. After I got the part, I just put it in my bag and I just got there and they said, so you ready for your big scene tomorrow, Mr. Giuliano? I said, I certainly am. Great. We're going to have someone there when you take your clothes off. I said, excuse me. What do you mean take my clothes off? Well, you know, take your clothes off in front of the whole world. That thing. No, I don't know. What the hell are you talking about? So they showed me the script. They showed me the script. And uh, what could I do? What could I do? I signed a contract. What am I going to do? I would have been blacklisted if I, I'm not doing that. I had to do it. But I negotiated. I negotiated. I said, okay, I want to wear a robe. Because they were going to do the whole thing. And I said, no, no, just do my butt. Right. And I'll have a robe. Great. I never thought I'd be speaking about this on a Krishna conscious radio show. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, so they, they, I, I did it. And, uh, you know, I'm not really embarrassed about it because actors, when they're caught, you know, it was an integral part of the director's vision. You have to submit like a spiritual master. You have to put yourself at the feet of the, of the director. If you're an actor, do what they say. Yeah. I tried to get out of it. I, I bargained with him. I negotiated with him. I got it a lot better than, originally but it was uh yeah it was uncomfortable when i did it there was a lot of like young girls on the set and i said could someone get me a blanket please and they, you know they got me a blanket right. and then i had to lay there you know when i was unconscious in the movie yeah, it's yeah. like uh, they have to they had to change the the lights and put a track down so that that camera can move around and that yeah. takes like 45 minutes and so I just lay there so that they can put all the lights on you you know right. and i said again um Blanket. Right. They got me a blanket. So, so yeah, that was, um, uh, that was a very strange, odd thing. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
Squid Game has changed my life in every conceivable, financially, everything. You know, it's like getting offers from all around the world to make major motion pictures. And it's what I've always wanted. And if I had to show my butt in a movie, play a crazy guy, yeah, no problem, you know? Yeah. So, but listen, I want to tell you that no matter how I, you know, I have this personality. I'm a normal person. I'm not crazy. I'm ultra responsible. I do the right thing. Um, I look after my son. I look after my wife. I don't waste money. I don't take any intoxication. I have no psychiatric diagnosis. I'm normal, right. but I'm an actor. So I, I know that some of the Prabhus out there will think, well, why do you act like that? Is it necessary? Yeah, well, you know, it's just a, it's a personality thing, but it sells. You know, it's like it's like I'm a popular guy. You know, yeah, yeah. And maybe if I was. If I wasn't like this, I might not be as popular and might not have the facility that I have. But I'll tell you something. If uh, Yadubar or his wife or anybody wants to call me to make a Krishna conscious movie, I'll do it for free. No charge. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, I appreciate your, your honesty and you're just being yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of people can benefit from in the sense of be, being yourself is is so beneficial to 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 just advance in krishna consciousness and in life um i always talk about this with my guests that how to become that honest person like when did, it it takes a certain level of humility to to be yourself because it it, it exposes you know who you really are instead of putting uh, you know facades up of of okay, I'm a really great devotee. Uh, I got really straight tea lock. You know, I'm I'm I'm, ah! you know, I'm I'm the whole thing. You know, but to to, to the, the things that you mentioned in in the podcast here, you know, someone wouldn't say all those things if if they you know had to put up that facade. But uh, you know, it's it's a yeah. I don't. Concert. I don't. Yeah, it's it is correct. I don't have it. I'm not in kind of fake. I was, but you got to understand. Yeah. Krishna took away about nine million bucks from me. He smashed me. I mean, in the absolute Bhagavatam definition of getting smashed, I got smashed by when I pretended to be Srila, <laughs> Srila Jagannath Das Puripad Maharaj, you know, when I pretended to be that and sat on a Vyasa sign, you know, right. started giving class and people bowing down and paying their obeisances to me. It's like, thank God, it only cost me $9 million, you know? Wow. And it's like, it's like you know, I... I I settled my debt with Krishna pretty quick. I'm just just a matter of nine million dollars, yeah. and uh, now I'm kind of back on track. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, anyway, Jagannath Prabhu, it's it's been fantastic speaking with you. Um, do you have any parting words or anything else that you want to? Yes, wanted? I do. I yeah, do. Please, please. I do. Um, it's preaching to the choir, but we are all in this material world with a very, you know, Srila Prabhupada said that life in the material world is like a raindrop on a lotus leaf. It can just roll off at any moment. Mm. Now today or tomorrow, you're going to have oh, Jagannath Das, the actor, the writer, he's, he's passed away. So every, not every day, but every moment is like a diamond. We need to please use uh, the time that we have remaining and no one knows how look at the poor devotees in Bangladesh. You know, you can die at any time. At any, Srila Prabhupada was once on a plane with Pushta Krishna, my buddy, big, big buddy, big buddy, Pushta Krishna. And um, the plane suddenly fell, you know, like a thousand feet. And Prabhupada, everybody was freaking out and holding on, and Prabhupada was completely composed. And he looked at, looked at Pushta Krishna and said, yes, 
We can die at any time. So knowing that this sort of Damocles of, of death is hanging over us, please, we must, we must work together as a family. We must use the proclivities, talents, and, and energies that we have like Ambarish Prabhu uh, in a good way, in a sweet way, so that we can please our spiritual masters and please uh, Krishna as best we can and understand that in and of ourselves, we are nothing without the blessings of the Vaishnavas, Srila Prabhupada, and Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So I'm nothing. I'm just some guy, blowhard, big mouth guy, and a little bit of charisma or something, ingredient X, whatever it is, has made me a little bit popular in some kind of a frivolous, uh, temporal way. But the real sweet home, as Mangal Maharaj used to say, for all of us is at the lotus feet of 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 Sri Guru and Garanga uh, taking shelter of the holy name. That's what I have to say. Wow. Thank you so much. Very amazing wisdom from you, Prabhu. Thank you so much for, for doing this. This is uh, fantastic. All my friends are going to be so excited to, to, to see that you, that I was able to interview you, but uh, thank you so much. And if you want to get in touch with uh, Jagannath Prabhu, he is on Facebook. You can find him on Facebook uh, there. And um, thank you so much everyone for listening. Yes, Prabhu, you want to mention? Can you put can you put my website? Uh, sure, yeah. URL and some. I'll give you some. I'll send you some URLs to put. So any devotee want to contact me and please tender my sincere obeisances under the lotus feet of your uh, spiritual master, Radhanath Maharaj. Too. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so if you, well, yes, one second, Prabhu. I'm just going to post this. Uh, this is the website. JeffreyGiuliano.com. Yes, it to... is. Indeed it is. Indeed you do. Yeah, you can find uh, Prabhu there. And uh, Prabhu, stay on. I'm just going to turn off the recording. Hare Krishna, Krishna. everyone. Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare.